0: The Lord be with you. you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the church that I grew up in had in the front of the church up on the ceiling a mural of Jesus ascending into heaven. So every week when I come to church I would always look at Jesus, there he is, he's ascending into heaven. But I will tell you of all the events of Jesus' life and ministry, I've kind of always found his ascension and its significance one of the hardest to understand. Uh, Because to me it's sort of like old-school Superman, right? Up, up, and away, and off he goes, and he's gone. But Jesus tells us several different times that, that it's better for him to go and to ascend to the Father. It's going to be better for us that, that he does this. Why? So we're going to talk about two things today. First of all, because we go up with him. The clouds in the ascension story give us a really big hint to this, Clouds are very significant in the Old Testament especially. The word in Hebrew is kavod. It means something like the thick, dense, cloudy presence and the glory of God. So remember when Moses goes up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, God comes down into this, is this sort of thick cloud over the mountain. That cloud both conceals God but also reveals him. By the way, when we use incense, this is one of the meanings of the incense, the cloudiness, the glory of God. So Jesus then ascends into the sky in and through the clouds and beyond the clouds, not because he's going off to some faraway planet or star somewhere out there in the universe away from us, but because he's entering into the kavod, into the very glory of God. And he's taking our humanity, because he's our brother, He's taking our humanity with him and we are together with him penetrating into the very presence of God, into the inner life of God. And that's our destiny. This is why we exist, to live in relationship with our God. But this is also our problem because we have no way there because of our sin. That's what keeps us out. So go with me back to Good Friday. And on Good Friday, as Jesus dies, the veil in the the temple is torn in two. That veil concealed the innermost room of the temple, called the Holy of Holies. This is the place of God's most intimate presence with his people. On all of the earth, this is the most intimate place where God would meet with his people, and the high priest would go in there once a year to make a sacrifice of atonement, to forgive the sins of the people take them away, so that it was removed and they could be one with God again. Break down the word atonement, at one meant to be reconciled and to be at one with, with God. Now, Hebrews chapter 9 tells us this. When Je- Jesus, Jesus has entered, not into holy things made with human hands, those things are copies of the true things. What does that mean? Not into the earthly temple made with human hands. The earthly temple is a copy of the real deal. It goes on to say he has entered into heaven, into the very presence of God on our behalf. Jesus has taken now his sacrifice offered once and for all on the cross, But forever effective, he's taken that sacrifice and entered into heaven, into the presence of God to make that atonement for us, to make us one with God. That sacrifice is perpetually now cleansing us from our sins. And friends, it is the same sacrifice offered once, but now made present here, right now, in this Holy Eucharist. This is what Jesus is doing with us. He's making atonement. He's cleansing us of our sins and then he is taking us up with him into heaven. It's why you hear pastors start the liturgy. You know how this goes. The Lord be with you and you all say, lift up your hearts. We're going up to heaven. It's not up, up, and away from us. We go up, up with him into the very presence of God. We do that now with our hearts and someday we will do that in the resurrection with our bodies. Okay, number two, number two is that he goes out with us. He goes out with us. The angels say to the disciples at the ascension, why are you standing there looking up into heaven? You're still on earth. You still have a purpose. You have a mission. You are my witnesses. That's what he tells them. And what we hear in the gospel reading is what he tells them, and it's what he tells us, go, go, go out, out and about, as our Canadian friends like to say. So in that account of Jesus telling us to go, Matthew 28, this is a resurrection appearance of Jesus, there in Galilee, up on a mountain. It was interesting, wasn't it? Because it starts off and it says, they saw Jesus, they worshiped Jesus, and they doubted. That word is used only one other time in the New Testament. It's the story of when Peter at first very successfully started walking on the water and then he takes his eyes off of Jesus and the storm is all raging around him and he begins to sink. And Jesus says to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you waver? Why did you hesitate? Why did you wobble? Pastor V tells me there's a dance called the wobble. I'm not up on these things like him. Anybody ever heard the wobble? A few of you have? He tells me he's really great at the wobble. I can either confirm nor deny that okay. I think Jesus might be Is that a Christian dance? It's not. Okay, all right. Well, that's why he's denying it. Okay. All right. So, why are they wobbling? Why are they wobbling? In both of these stories, Jesus is like right there in front of them, right in front of Peter, walking on the water, here to these 11 disciples. He is resurrected. He is alive. They're worshiping him. Why are they doubting? What are they doubting? Maybe they're not doubting him. Maybe they're doubting themselves. Because they do have some sense of what Jesus is asking them to do. That they, he is going to heaven and they are going to carry on the mission. And if you read the Gospels, eh, they don't really have a very good track record, do they? We can understand. Ever doubt your own abilities? Your resources? Your strength? And when Jesus says to you, you are my witness, maybe that makes us wobble. Oh, I, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, uh, I, I, I don't know enough, I, I, I don't, I'm not really a very good person, I'm not a good example. Or I think about us as a church, if you were here between the services for our meeting, uh, if you weren't there, we were talking about, we're just beginning a conversation about a, a huge expansion of our mission here at Trinity, to do, do some things that we have never, ever done before, and it's big, it's a lot. And, and, you know, things around us these times are very uncertain times, and the economy, economy that's definitely wobbling for sure. And, and so we might think, well, do we have the resources? Do we have the right people? I mean, can we actually do this? And it maybe leaves us wobbling a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest, it makes me wobble. But we call Matthew chapter 28 the Great Commission. And let's not forget that it is a co- mission. It's his mission. And we get to do it with him. And Jesus did five things today in our readings for his disciples, and he does those same things for us. First of all, when they saw him and they worshiped him and then they doubted and they wobbled, Jesus didn't scold them. He didn't reject them. It says he approached them. He just came closer Them. Second, he does this with all authority. All authority, all power has been given to me from in heaven and on earth. In other words, he's got this. When you are out there trying to be his witness, living your daily life, you know what? He's got this. When you're wobbling about that, he's got this. When we as a church are thinking about really big things beyond anything we've ever done before, he's got this. Third, with that same authority, he says to us, go, which can actually be translated as you go. So where you go, whenever you go, whatever it is that you're doing. In other words, Jesus is not asking you or me to do something different from our everyday lives. He's asking us to do our everyday lives differently. It means that we've got to align everything, our whole lives, our dreams, our plans, our intentions, our resources, our thoughts, our, our words, our deeds, all, of it. We have to just, all we have to do is just completely align everything to him. And if we do that, it's going to show. We're going to give witness to him. Now, of course, that's really hard. And yet it's actually not. It's really quite simple. Because fourth, he says to us, I am with you always. Now, this is not some nice little abstract platitude. Oh, I am with you always, whatever that means. This is a sacramental reality. You and I are about to take Jesus into ourselves in this Eucharist. He is with you. (laughs) He is in you. And as you go, when you go, as you go, wherever you go, he is this week now with you. All you have to do is just let him be seen. He'll do the rest. Because fifth and finally, he's given you his spirit. And with his spirit, he has given you power. Not power the way the world does power. Here's how the world does power. I'm going to use my power to force you to do what I want you to do. Might makes right That's not how the Spirit works. He does the exact opposite. Right makes might. Because when things are right, when they are true and good and beautiful, it's mighty, isn't it? It's powerful. And the Holy Spirit makes things right. And He then powerfully, mightily wins hearts that's how he works and that's what he's done with your heart isn't it he's won your heart hasn't he i hope so so the ascension of jesus is not up up and away (laughs) the ascension is that we go up up with him and then he goes out out and about with us let's take it to prayer for a moment my friends because you're about to receive Jesus. He's going to be with you this week. And just pray to the Holy Spirit, what good can I do this week?